How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? I think it's actually going pretty good. Oh. Though after work, I felt, like, very tired. I was, like, having some weird gas, and I just, like, laid down for an hour, which I do not do. The right. gas happens all the time, but <laughs> right. like I don't, I don't fucking take naps. I never know need to take a nap. If anything, uh, you've looked down on people with disdain whenever they mention taking naps. You're like, really? Weak really? Blood, You're huh? gonna cheat on sleep like that? Get out of here! <laughs> I mean, anytime somebody's like, "I'm tired," I'm like, "You should rest and like take care of yourself," uh-huh. and then I'm like, "No naps." I don't know. I, I like the idea of like, oh, at a time in the evening, I'll get tired and I'll have a full sleep. Um, so usually if I can just like push past to that, I will, but I felt really weirdly zonked. So I was just like, we don't feel so great. Let's lay down. Did you lay down or did you sleep? This is the important distinction. Uh, I think I actually did take a nap. I did doze off for like 30, 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I woke up and ate Chinese food. (laughs) (laughs) Um, how about you? What's funny? If it was me, the ordering could be rearranged. It's like eight Chinese food. Then I had gas. <laughs> I didn't feel so good, so I laid down and took a nap. <laughs> you ever fart so hard you went unconscious? <laughs> <laughs> no, but doesn't sound good. I'm imagining like an old like Disney style animation of like you lay down, you fart, the blankets go up, and then they slowly like ripple back down and cover your whole body mm-hmm. and tuck you in. Yeah. No, that would be pretty funny. But I'm glad you're doing well. It's good to hear. I was going to cynically ask you to justify it <laughs> when you said you're actually doing good. You're like, explain that. <laughs> let's, oh, let's, I mean, let's I would dive into it. <laughs> if I actually was providing a reason, it'd be Elden Ring, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like doing a lot of the heavy lifting these days. Yeah. And like interacting with friends when I get the chance. That's always fucking so nice and wholesome and lifts my spirits. Yeah, like a lot of them are willing to talk about Elden Ring and <laughs> like share interests. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was hanging out with Justin and Rachel yesterday and like again, like I was just coming off work stuff and I was kinda like mentally just fucking done with the day. But like we went on a walk and we were like talking about like some life stuff and I don't have like a lot going on unless I'm like complaining about like health issues or something, which I don't really enjoy doing because you're like, This thing sucks. You're like, Yeah, that does suck. Yeah, I'm like, okay. Right. For me, it's a dead-end conversation, so I don't usually bring it up. Um, After a certain point, like, all of your friends also have health issues. They're just well, yeah. different health issues. I think the point hit, like, it was around 25 to 30. Everybody got something. And it's just like, yeah, yeah, this is life now. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I think everybody has something. We just now have the insight to, like, see what it is. You're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But now we can hopefully get prescribed medication to help with whatever. Yeah, Delta. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, but like, then somebody said like, so Elden Ring? And I was like, yeah. And then I realized I had more to talk about and share with Elden Ring than I do my own life. So yeah. take that with a grain of salt and as you will. But that's who I am currently. I mean, Just Elden Ring boy. I touched on it a little bit, but it, it is nice to have like a touch point something you're excited about other people are excited about it's fresh it's not like you're not that person talking about dark souls 2 x years later still trying to justify it to everybody else like 
you're just like Elden Ring is pretty good and then a bunch of other people are like Elden Ring is pretty good and you're like yeah let's talk about that and then you know how many good mythical warning things are you doing <laughs> right now <laughs> counting two yeah I'm just saying they're a little bit ahead of us in the podcast rankings oh and I think they're ranked <laughs> um but uh, yeah, Elden Ring. So this is the this is our first episode in uh, Soapstone, which is now an Elden Ring podcast. Um, probably have at least one follow up, but this is the spoiler free one. So yeah, you like, should have read the description because I mean we put a lot of work into those. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> I I copy paste it and I change it. Um, but yeah, we're not going to be naming, you know, anything that's not in a previous game, I guess. Uh, we'll talk about some mechanics. Uh, I think if bosses, it's in a trailer, story. I think if it's in a trailer, we're good because there's at least one boss I'd probably talk about. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. We can talk about it. Is it the first boss? I can't yeah, actually. Yeah. So, cause some people actually do skip the trailers, which is fair, but we can talk about the first boss. I think that's fair. It's good to do a comparison, I think, to some of the other to compare to other like bosses, you know, across the series, but yeah. This is Elden Ring from the the top level perspective, not story plot details where you yeah, find it. It's anything. not going to be pure rambling of like, did you see this one thing, this one cycle? Uh-huh. It's not going to be that type of discussion. We're not the prima strategy guide. No. Um it is very much though like even like pre-recording, we talked for like an hour, and most of that was just about Elden Ring things. Uh-huh. It was a lot of which we couldn't, yeah, out of the way. Get some of the spoilers out of the way. Also, like, I've played like 140 hours of the game, roughly. Yeah, I'm on my second playthrough. I'm still finding stuff. Hey, okay. Dave, how much did you play when it first came out? Um, I forgot it was my mom's birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something I forgot that Attack on Titan came out. Yeah. It was like Tuesday. I was like, oh, shit. Right. Better go watch that. Um, but I've been very much in it for at least that first playthrough. And now I'm cognizant of things happening in society again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm still very much focused on that. Coming up for air a little bit. It's still the dedicated game. I yeah, play some I'm other not... things still, but it's mostly. It's like thing. social breaks, would you say? Yeah. Yeah. Do some or multiplayer I... stuff with people and then. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I play Hots by myself, so maybe that's not a social break. I don't know what that I, is. That's I a break from that Elden Ring. <laughs> um, I clear dailies or whatever, but then I you know go back to it. Um, I took a little bit of a break because I moved, um, and so I'm behind in playtime. I think you're about thirty percent up on playtime compared to my save, looking at like eighty hours or so. Okay. On my first playthrough, um, but for our credentials. Uh, before we jump into the critique of Elden Ring um, podcast is based on Dark Souls. We talk about Dark Souls a lot. Um, not as much as Vadi Vidya. But still a lot, <laughs> right? Like, um, So, you know, expect comparisons to other things in the series. Um, and, you know. That's that's our credentials. That's literally we played the other games, <laughs> not Kingsfield though. <laughs> Haven't played Demon Souls because how the fuck do you get a PS5? But like, <laughs> I don't even want one. Not anymore. You know, I really fun. just want it for Demon Souls, and like that's it. It's the one yeah. game I want to play. But the thing is, 
I mean, we're going to talk about Elden Ring, but like, how excited are you to play Demon Souls since Elden Ring's come out? Like, Not, you know, it's going to be a more classic style. So here's the thing, right? Um, remember that game Tunic that I've been talking about for like three or four years? Yeah. That came out yesterday. Oh. I I have no plans to play it. <laughs> like, at some point in like a year, it will go on sale and I'll check it out and be like, this is cute and fun. Yeah. But for right now, everything seems to pale in comparison for like this big, grandiose Dark Souls adventure that I've very much been looking forward to. And mm-hmm. I didn't even know like what it would be. But now that I have it, everything else just seems to really pale. Yeah. Unless it's a very specific thing like, oh, I'm doing Magic the Gathering dailies. Oh, I'm doing a multiplayer of a different type of game. Yeah, it's the spotlight right now. This is definitely on Elden Ring. I mean, Horizon, New Dawn, I don't give a fuck about Horizon. What it's called. Like, like I'm going to be excited out a month eventually. Before Elden Ring, I would have checked it out. Yeah. It's a little too close. I am still excited to play it. I'll play it eventually. But I mean, saying I'm excited to play it is a little. It's in the shadow. Everything exists currently in the eclipse. I don't know yeah. whether it's the penumbra, antumbra. Nerds chime in and chat, I guess. Wait, this isn't Twitch. <laughs> uh, chime in on Facebook, wherever this is posted, whether it's penumbra or antumbra. But it's in the shadow of Elden Ring, um, which should surprise nobody. We've been talking about this game. We've wanted to talk about this game more than we did leading up to it. Um, yeah, that was restraint on our part. So it's really weird because like every time I see somebody playing it on Steam, I message them like, hey, how's it going? Like, where are you? Like, I just want to mm-hmm. suck their life energy away by uh, <laughs> right. living vicariously through them because I want to be like, oh, oh, I found this cool thing. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Uh Um, And then I want them to share the same experience as I did. Like the first time you see like a certain boss or like what they do. Like, how cool is that? And they're like, that's really cool. Like I want to vibe off that so much, which is why every time I talk to you, I'm like, have you done the thing here? And I just keep it very vague. Yeah, it's just like, all right, let's start with a compass rose. (laughs) Yeah, it's (laughs) latitude, longitude. Have you seen anything in this area? <laughs> well, like even we were talking about like an NPC at one point, and I said like, "Is the NPC related to this?" And like from other the other descriptions, you they could have been the same person. And then I yeah. said something, and you're like, "Oh, it's a different one." I'm like, okay, yeah, and then I just stopped one. talking. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't think it would ruin it for you, but it's so much. I don't want my experience to taint somebody else's experience. Right. Mm-hmm. I want them to have their own thing, love it or hate it. How could you not love it? <laughs> right. But, Dave will hate you if you hate it. <laughs> Just throw that out there. <laughs> if good reasons are provided, I am willing uh-huh. to hear you out. But it's like going to... Did you ever go to like a church summer camp type thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know how you're like riding that high of like everybody's on the exact same wavelength because you're all there for the same thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like that. Jesus. You're high on Jesus. Huh? High on Jesus entirely. It's like, yeah. And I'm high on this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've actually thought about that concept a little bit because there is this search, church summer camp like worship vibe. Like everybody gets into it and it is like electric. Um, I well, assume it's the, the same concerts, as if you go to like a concert. Yeah, concert, so yeah. You're there for the band and then you're having this live music experience with people and not to get like hippy dippy, but like you, you feel the vibe and the energy like if everybody's having a really good time, you're like, okay, yeah, I can, I 
can get on board with this. Or yeah. if you're somebody who likes to mosh, you very much feel it in the mosh pit. Right. Like it's a, it's an active thing that you're a part of and you experience it more because other people are feeling the same way. Yeah. I mean, like, and this isn't even the first time we've had this type of experience. Dark Souls 3 was also very much like that. We had a bunch of friends playing at the same Ooh, yeah. time. We had people sharing their discoveries and you know their builds and all of that and that's that's the advantage to getting in you know ground floor for this type of game is uh you know a lot of people are still in that exploration high so that's where we're at or where i'm at david's beat the game he's seen it all not not all just a lot (laughs) i've seen a lot there's a lot i've seen everything it's too late (laughs) (laughs) um but uh I guess for the people who somehow don't know what Elden Ring is in 2022, current year, maybe they don't know what video games are. We have to make that assumption. Um, How would you describe Elden Ring? Do I have the podcast out this week? (laughs) I think so. Put a a deep breath sound effect right here. Okay, so... (laughs) It's essentially... I could have just breathed deeply. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's essentially big Dark Souls. So like a lot of the combat and how the game feels and is designed is very much the same. But obviously with this, as they've kind of shown in like trailers and other things, it is open world. Meaning Mm -hmm. you're not gated to you have to go here and do this thing or if you can't do it, you're stuck in this limited area of stuff, you can really fuck off to a lot of places and skip a lot of content. If for some reason you don't want to do this current thing, that's blocking you or mm-hmm. you just want to explore. Right. Yeah. And it's the dark souls rewarded. of open world games. <laughs> I had, I had to it's, interrupt. It's got to come up a couple times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is still very much the same flavor and style of game just yeah. on a like, much much larger scale yeah and i think it only benefits the game Mm -hmm. because like i love we love dark souls very much for how it's designed how you kind of have to like go out of your way to get a deeper story the combat's fun the level design's cool but imagine that to like a billion percent yeah like it's not Anytime you see open world, it's always the, hey, how fucking vapid is it going to be? How copy pasted will this type of thing be? Yeah. And like there are certain things that have similarities, um, but it doesn't feel like, oh, it's that exact same shit again. Like I get so much exhilaration from exploring and finding things. Even Mm -hmm. on the second playthrough, I just found something before we started recording. I was like, oh, shit, how did I miss that? right so to finish my 13 hour sentence i would say (laughs) it is very much big dark souls yeah would you agree with that would you add to it or subtract a lot of what i said yeah i was gonna say third person action adventure but i mean that works too that's fine (laughs) (laughs) no um i mean i agree with all of it uh i would say that even when in the past in Dark Souls, mostly, well, I guess everything in the series really had some degree of pick your path. Obviously, an open world game is a lot more of pick your path. Um, it's not just like 
do I want to go to the northern area or the western area or the southern area first? It's like, go wherever I want. There's a bunch of super dangerous enemies. I'm going to giddy up horsey past all of them, um, which is a lot of times actually the right call. Just, you know, do that. Um, we haven't talked about the horse, obviously. That's, That's every so open nice. world game has a horse. <laughs> That's just it's mandatory now. Um, And I think like they still have a lot of that uh classic dark souls level design like in the uh specifically like forts or like different areas you can explore that are explicitly hey this is a level for you to play in yeah Um, and there's really no difference like in those areas in fact they're usually horse disallowed no pony here um i would even say some of the horse allowed areas still feel very dark souls mm -hmm. but like the the major breakdown of some of the areas, Jake mentioned forts, mm-hmm. which is a fort. Um, you will find certain like dungeons or caverns where you can have like a more of a, a mini dungeon experience where the caverns usually you'll find resources to kind of upgrade your weapons and gear. And then the dungeons are usually for a specific item reward or ash reward. Yeah. And that was actually... I don't know. I don't know if I intend this to be critique or not. Maybe, um, but you watch said like you, you mentioned. Yourself. You mentioned copy pasting, like the catacomb like areas are very copy pasted. Um, they're yeah. different. There's a lot of them, but they share um, a lot of the same DNA. Yes, exactly. They use the same palettes. They use the same entrances and ex- exits between like rooms. Sometimes they have unique rooms. They share some traps. Occasionally you get like a unique one that is very different. Um, but for the most part, you just send into one of these and you know what the experience is going to be. Go through, you know, find switch, fight boss, get out, get a reward. And the reward oftentimes is worth it. Um, it's <laughs> a friend actually criticized how every review mentions Breath of the Wild. Um, but it's impossible not to make some comparisons, obviously the horse in the open world, all of that. But specifically when it comes to like the dungeons, it is somewhat similar to the breath of the wild shrines and that they also shared the same palette and it was literally just, you know, different puzzle this time. This one's less puzzle focused. It's more combat focused in most instances because dark souls is more of a combat game than a puzzle game. Thank goodness. Or I'd be terrible yeah. at it. <laughs> um, but it is a, Uh, the point I was trying to make is it is the flip side of the coin. There is all of the open world stuff that's innovative and uh, changes up the dark souls formula, adds a bunch of things that have never been present in a Soulsborne series game before. And then they do have more traditional content where it's like, you want to just like play dark souls with, you know, some of the, some of the gear and the spells and stuff like that. Go for it. Yeah. I mean, I agree with what you're saying. I do, as somebody else has said as well, like it's definitely the weakest part of the content overall because mm-hmm. it is very much like the most similar to each thing. But specifically, like the catacombs, right? Like yes. the forts, I actually kind of enjoy the traditional levels of castles and things like that. Well, I'm actually separating forts from like the bigger, hey, this is like a main, a main, a main story quest type. Yeah. I mean, it's still usually a fucking castle. Um, yeah, right. It's but like things yeah. that will have like multiple checkpoints, 
right. and like shortcuts and like intricacies. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's. I'd say that those are like the main big things: open mm-hmm. world, um, dungeons, forts, big bases, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Yeah. Um, and like, I guess uh, to, to continue talking about like how it's different or similar to previous series, like so usually in dark souls you have different areas and it's literally just like you walk through a transition and the text comes up on the screen and it's like here you go you're in blight town or whatever um and since it's an open world game and it's a very big world it takes time to run across it thankfully you can fast travel anytime you're not in combat i actually was talking to somebody uh, at work who didn't realize they thought that you could only fast travel from the bonfire equivalents they're called shrines of grace in this game um weird i I don't know why anybody would have that assumption um who's done it a billion times as well (laughs) i didn't actually know that you could fast travel from them i thought you had to be not interacting with them to fast travel but um dark souls has pretty early in the series they were like okay fast travel all the time is kind of kind of convenient and right out the gate they open up with it and Elden Ring and thank goodness because the world is gigantic. Um, but it's got a bunch of very diverse biomes um, that usually based off of how ominous it is, give you a feel for, you know, how potentially dangerous it might be, how scared you should be <laughs> to be there. Um, and you get to, to run around, fight things in the um, uh, on horseback or any other levels, you know, on foot if they disallow the horse. Um, how do you think the introduction of the horse has changed uh, Dark Souls? Better or worse or non-change? So blanket statement, they they allowed jumping. Blanket statement. There's now such a degree of verticality that they have injected into the series mm-hmm. because of that. So you as a person can jump. You on a horse can double jump. Yes. Like Jake said, it is gated in certain areas because that'd be cheesy as fuck mm-hmm. um, to be like flying around a horse through like just skipping everything. Um, but it really makes travel a lot easier and enjoyable because yeah. like you have these beautifully fucking crafted landscapes and some of them are just like fine. Like the starting area, fine. Very pretty. Loved it. Yeah. Then you found some other areas and I was like mouth agape like holy fuck and i was just mm, vibing loving mm-hmm. how it was designed and laid out um but having the horse as far as movement and change things around it opens up everything because like with that double jump you're like could i get over here right can you run around an enemy and cheese them and just hit them and then try and not get hit yeah you can do that too it's like it just opens up so so much and it, adds, it feels good to run around and do shit on it. Yeah. Like for mobility in general, it's amazing. Obviously, it's very fast and kind of necessary to have some sort of accelerated movement in an open world game. that's like this big. But like mounted combat is it something not all games do when they introduce horses originally. Um, I'm going back, I guess, to Oblivion at this point. I don't know why I'm comparing this to Oblivion, but didn't even know you could have a horse in Oblivion. You could have a horse, uh, Shadowmere. I didn't play that game. <laughs> That's fair. Um, 
the horse armor was the ah, notorious yeah, DLC yeah, yeah. for it. Um, but you could get an hor- armor for your horse, but you couldn't fight on horseback. I don't know if any mods ever enabled that or not, but um, it's fully it's fully supported um, in Elden Ring. I keep wanting to say like Dark Souls three. It's not Dark Souls three or four. It's Elden Ring. Um, and beyond that, like they've made some improvements to the combat system. We can talk about in general, but uh, on horseback, you can cast a lot of spells. Uh, not all of them, not things that are like massive casts or require you to like wave your body real weird <laughs> as part of casting Ch- the channeling. Spell. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but otherwise, like you can run around and cast spells. You can do horseback archery. Yeah. Um, and that's something I didn't know about for a long time. I thought it's like, because usually I have like man hand weapon, left hand spell shit. Yeah. But you can switch your weapon so that you're like throwing spells from your right hand. Mm-hmm. And like that for me was huge. Yeah. Um, I haven't even tried bows, but like you can do that while mounted. Holy shit. You can now kite a lot of enemies. Yeah. Anyone who's played like not an mountain blade and like set your army to just be horse archers, you know how devastatingly good that can be when you can <laughs> just kite the enemy. Um, and there's a lot of open world foes that um, personally, I like I've, I've really engaged uh, with mounted combat and like I feel significantly more dangerous if they let me have the horse <laughs> than I do off of the horse. Yeah, it's I don't know, it's just so fun. Also the fucking jump pads which for the oh, yeah, longest yeah. time like as soon as you go on a jump pad, it launches you so high into the air, so yeah. high. Um and it's it's like going on a roller coaster ride, which I hear is fun, but I've never tried it. Um, have you ever not? I, I have been once okay, or twice. Good. It makes good. me feel nauseous and panicked. No one likes it. Yeah. No, it's uh, the fear is what drives people. I think. Yeah, it's. Yeah. But like, it was fun, like jumping off of these pads to like get to certain areas. But then I found out later from talking to people, oh, you can throw your horse off a cliff, land on that, and you'll uh-huh. get the same buff, so you don't die from the fall damage. I'm like, yeah. Oh shit. So now you can go up really high or you can go down really low um, instead of trying to go all the way around a certain path, which is if you've played Dark Souls in Blighttown, you have to go through manually. Yeah. So it feels good to be able to see a thing and be like, oh, I want to go check that out. Mm-hmm. And then you go do it. Yeah. Yeah. The The world is very much designed for you to come at it at like different angles. Yeah. There's certain points where it's like, hey, specifically... There's a few points of ingress to this particular plateau or whatever you've got. But like um, for the most part, you can just explore. You can just figure it out at your own pace. Fight whatever you want to fight. Ignore whatever you want to ignore. And this is the open world. Um, and have a good time with it. Uh, to that end, uh, the map is, well, one, it exists. So that's a first <laughs> for a Soulsborne game. Um but, but just to clarify, this is the overworld map. Yes. So mm-hmm. if you're in like something that's more nitty gritty, it won't be the most obvious for like, oh, there's this hallway in this room here. It doesn't go yeah. down to that scale. But as far you don't as get like, the Legend of Zelda, no uh, map at all, or the but compass. you very much get like important <laughs> landmarks and where you are. Yeah, you have the compass all the time actually, but you don't see yourself in a room, an overhead room, or anything quite that convenient. Um, 
Here are your hidden walls. <laughs> oh, right. <nice. laughs> I mean, Legend of Zelda did that. They would literally say, like, here is where a wall is. Well, if it was like a breakable wall, it wouldn't show you, I guess. But you would see all of the exits. Anyways. Um, but yeah, the overworld map. Uh, tremendously useful. Obviously, you kind of need it in an open world game. Where you're going to have a rough time. Um, another thing they took from Legend of Zelda, presumably, is the ability to put uh, icons all over the map. You can denote like, oh, here's where I think, you know, here's a plant symbol. And that could mean anything to you. For me, it started out meaning here's where plants are. And then I realized... JB I put a lot of plant markers on the map. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I realized I didn't care most of the time where plants were because I could just like record somewhere else, you know, a good farming spot for something. We haven't talked about crafting yet, but like I realized that symbol didn't really mean anything. So recent development, I was like, okay, it's not single use plant. It's going to be the word farm. So if I want to like farm something like a boss in mm-hmm. co-op or something like that, boss symbol, plant symbol. And now this is the system I'm basically <laughs> developing for how I want to mark things. Um, and it's really made, useful. Yeah. I initially before the, the patch that just happened like yesterday, yeah, uh, I was just marking like, Oh, NPCs for like shops. Mm-hmm. Oh, they have stone sword keys. I want to get later. Um, they're here for later i'll check it out if i have extra stuff because i wasn't like oh i gotta save up for this now because i'll never come back but with the options of fast travel you're just like i'm here now doing this shit which is really nice because i don't know how you explore but for me i don't do traveling salesmen i do Ooh, and then i go (laughs) and then i'm like okay this area on the map looks kind of empty as far as icons or other things maybe Uh i'll draw a line between these two points and see if i find anything yeah i usually do left or right hand rule so you'll hug something around i'll I'll hug go around and then just circle in until i'm confident i've explored or marked everything i do have a symbol there's like a banner symbol you can mark on the map it's like a flag Mm -hmm. and that's my like unexplored point of interest that i've seen so i like i do, to I do the same up. for that yeah like sometimes i'll find something i'm like there's a split in the path here mm. i'm gonna forget one of these put a marker down yeah which is nice i would encourage anyone who hasn't played the game but is planning on getting into it to straight up like write a journal though <laughs> like it's gonna be a little bit easier if an npc tells you something and you're like that seems important write it down um if there's a goal that you don't want to tackle immediately, just write it down. Um, it'll be a lot easier for task tracking. The game doesn't have a quest journal. This, we, we can talk about this a little bit, I think. Um, it's very on Elder Scrolls in that matter. And the yeah. Elder Scrolls is like, don't use your memory. There's a journal, <laughs> right? Like we're going to list out every quest. Even some of the little miscellaneous things we'll throw under the miscellaneous quest category and we'll put up a map marker for it. This game does not do that. No, this isn't a standard AAA game where it's like feeding you stuff. And I'm not saying that to like belittle how that's designed. It's just mm-hmm. FromSoft games have never been designed that way. They're always like, hey, we told you once or like we gave you an item that says like a vague description of something. You mm-hmm. go figure that shit out if you want to. So it rewards people who very much are like looking to 
find that puzzle piece or like finish somebody's quest line um, or somebody who's willing to look up a wiki afterwards because <laughs> they didn't even know that there was a quest line type thing versus yeah. like, hey, it's on your map, which I like because I don't I get more out of like the discovery and doing from that than if they said like, hey, here, pick one of these like uh, overarching quest lines. Because mm-hmm. some of the stuff's honestly just optional content. You don't have to beat yeah. everything in this game and do everything to beat Most the of game. It's optional. Yeah. But like, I've really, really loved exploring the area I can't talk to Jake about yet because he hasn't done it. Um, <laughs> and like, the stuff in there, because it's really cool, but I also had to like do a quest line and then go explore the area. And then you see all this bright and cool, shiny new shit. Um, yeah. And it felt good instead of someone like putting a marker on the map saying, like, hey, here are the requisite steps you need to do for this. Yeah. There are actually a few quests. I think maybe I've seen two where they do actually put a marker on your map and it's explicitly like that. And it's actually thrown me off because I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> like Nobody else is doing this. Why, are there, why is there a marker on the map now? Uh, I'm not actually sure exactly what the distinction was that uh, they decided to throw that marker on the map it's convenient um i think i only did one of those quests so far but um it's very rare for the most part it holds true that an npc will tell you literal directions geograph like geographical yeah geographical like go north of this location check out this thing but if you pay attention to that if you write it down if you keep a journal (laughs) on the side um it's actually a really rewarding way to play. And I think it can it can be a lot more engaging than a quest marker simulator type situation. Because I know sometimes I just brain off in Skyrim and follow the arrow, kill things that were in the way. Yeah. And if you try to like brain off in Dark Souls, you tend to die unless you're just like really good. I'm not. Um, and, you know, apprehension is the number one defense you have in any Soulsborne game. You're just like, ah, I don't think I'm comfortable here. And then it's justified. (laughs) Typically, like with all of these games, like something's trying to fuck you over. It just sometimes, you know, and other times you're about to find out. Yeah. Like what I love is like some of these things that have held true as like design principles since from soft day one, like, Oh, there's a lone enemy just like minding his own business, you know, picking his nose. He has friends nearby. I'll, uh-huh, I'll yeah, let you know that right now. Yeah, um, one one enemy is back <laughs> towards you, looking at. Oh, a wall. do you want to try the backstab <laughs> critical attack? Yeah. Uh-huh. Are you in the tutorial? No, then <laughs> it's probably not that easy. <laughs> yeah, it's there's always something, um, but I feel like a lot of that is like you you learn and find out and get punished and then you you get better at it. Yeah. But even so, like I've watched vet souls veterans, myself included, fall into these same patterns, uh-huh. and like you still get caught by it. And I'm like, ah, you got me again. And I knew, and I knew. It the the important thing is, you basically follow the exact same mantra that you do in Eve, which is don't fly a ship you're not willing to lose, and it's don't investigate a dangerous area. If you have ruins, ruins. <laughs> then you're willing to lose. Yeah. Um, which are this game's souls. Um, there are times like I'll still 
because I'm like level, let's say 110 for sake of argument at the moment on this character. And like, I need a decent number of runes to level up. Yeah. But I still feel confident usually running through most areas and killing enemies. That said, uh, there are times where I have lost like a, a chunk of stuff because I'm like, oh, okay, they got me. I'm just going to run back and get my stuff real quick. And uh, then something happened. You get tapped. And they're gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the game is dangerous. Like there's there's lots of different ways you can build your your build out, obviously, for people who are new to the series or not new to the series, putting points into health is recommended. Um put points into health. That's my beginner advice. Um Yeah. All yeah. enemies do this thing called damage and it hits <laughs> yes. your health. Now, if you uh-huh. run out of that health, you die. You die. <laughs> this shows up on the screen to inform you of what just happened. So, like, at this point in the game, like, I have enough stats to have certain uh, gear that I want to have equipped and scale mm-hmm. in a certain way. But, like, a lot of the extra points, I say extra, like, I just have they're floating about. Yeah. Um, it's going into health because a lot of what will kill me is just I take a hit that's too big. I need to heal back up so I can survive other hits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. really what helps it, you in like these bigger fights is having a health pool yeah so you can like essentially recuperate uh space up heal up and be like okay i gotta watch out for that attack again mm-hmm. and then you start to learn the patterns but if you die in one hit all the time you can't really learn as much yeah i guess not to turn this literally into uh, in the middle <laughs> intermission uh the uh beginner's tips for elden ring but also you mentioned learn a pattern and that is my recommendation for like anybody fighting a boss or enemy they haven't seen before um i am not always the best at doing it but just running at them and attacking as quick as possible quickly as possible uh, really only works if you've got Dave's late game strength build. Otherwise, <laughs> like uh, you tend to get punished really quickly because um, you know one of the mechanics that carried through, carried over, is poise, um, and it's basically just a value. How much, how much of a beating can you take before you'll get staggered? You have poise. Uh, most bosses, maybe maybe most, I think most everybody also has poise. Every single enemy in the game has poise. I'm going to find one enemy just to prove you wrong where it just no. can't be staggered. Uh, but they all, ha- I mean, obviously it's easier on like smaller enemies who like mm-hmm. are just kind of like a wandering undead. They don't have armor or anything. Mm-hmm. But one of the things they added specifically in this game is all of the bosses will have poise as well. So if you keep getting good hits on them, even if it doesn't look like it's affecting them, you are essentially building up a meter of like their poise breaking. Right, And when that happens, you have the opportunity to perform a critical attack on them where they'll have like a glowing weak spot and you have a really badass anim- animation for a huge chunk of damage, which yeah. really oftentimes will help in the boss fight. Yeah, a lot of other... It's existed in a lot of... I guess Dark Souls 2 and 3 started more. It also was in 1 to a certain extent, but very few enemies I feel like in 1. Mostly humanoid enemies. And yeah. they introduced it to a lot of different types. I think they started with Sekiro, honestly. A lot of enemies um, had posture, I think they called it there. But yeah, anyways, in in any case, um, it's really dangerous to just get hit by all of these attacks because you have less health than the boss in pretty much every case, almost every case. Um, So playing patiently, learning the moveset 
of what the boss is going to throw out and looking for little windows when you can attack. That is actually the better way to have a chance to beat a boss on the first attempt or second attempt. Um, I have never done that once as far as like learn the first time. I'm very much like, let me hit him. And then I start to slowly piece together. I'm like, all right, every time I do this, this (laughs) seems to happen. Let me not do that. Respect starts at zero until you get hit. And then it starts to build up. It's a meter that builds up over time uh, based on my number of deaths. Yeah. Um, But anyways, end of intermission. Uh, The... um, uh, We should talk about some of the mechanical differences in combat. You know, some of the other differences. Obviously, all of our other Dark Souls like game episodes are up there so you could hear those to hear more about the other ones in the series but um one of the big ones for me one of the standouts is the build variety like what is actually viable and what you can run with is kind of insane in elden ring yeah if there was something esoteric that you liked running unless it was literally adaptability in Dark Souls 2, like Souls there's two. probably oh, you, you should have leveled it, should have leveled ADP. Um, it probably works in Elden Ring, yeah. So, from just like a, a selling point of like what has been added or changed, a lot of the weapons and things, like if you have a straight sword, performs like a straight sword, if you have a great sword, performs like a great sword. And there's other varieties of weapons where you can do different Mm -hmm. things. But on top of that, if it's not a special weapon, meaning it has something kind of like baked into it, there are these things called Ashes of War. And Ashes of War are special abilities you can use your FP or your magic for to use that ability. Mm -hmm. But what's cool is I could take, let's say, a War Stomp for like a big AoE to kind of like shake some enemies off me. I could put it on my short sword. I could move that over to my greatsword. I could do something else that's more magical that deals fire damage, right? But me doing that to the weapon, I can switch that around. I don't have to have it. And even if I have a fire effect on my straight sword, I don't need to have it scale off of something that would be for fire damage. Right. So like in my late game of like my first playthrough, I had like this big ass weapon. It had poison as the ash of war on it. So I'd poison big enemies and it was helpful for damage, but it scaled off strength. So that was my big stat. Still getting a lot of damage from strength. Mm -hmm. Also, the weapon just had bleed on it. So like I was going to town on these people, but if I wanted to, I could have switched up from poison to something else. I could have scaled my weapon differently. I could have reinvested my points. Um, But like that alone, not even talking about magic really opens up a lot of options for how you want to play. Because Jake could play something with a straight sword entirely different from how I did. I am, actually, right now, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, really cool straight sword that I'm not going not gonna to talk about because it's very unique. Um, uh, yeah, and in fact, to contrast that to like previous games, um, and something ideologically that Elden Ring has done is... And it started, honestly, in Dark Souls 3. Dark Souls 3 was the game where they were like... Is there a reason that we're not just letting players do this conveniently? They started asking themselves that. Um, good example of this is uh, co-op across the Soulsborne games. Oh my and, fucking god! Yeah, 
like in Dark Souls 1, I think it was plus or minus 10 levels plus 10% was your co-op range, something like that. Uh, Dark Souls 2 was a similar system, but it also used soul memory, which nobody liked. Um, but it was the intent was to keep people from like griefing other yes. players. Yeah, like getting a really low level, it's never leveling up, and then going back and just killing new players tons. Um, there was good intent behind it, but the idea is uh, yeah, it kind of fell flat on its face because it's just like you died a bunch, you lost a bunch of souls. Uh, you kind of can't pe- you can't co op with people at your own level anymore. Um, and Dark Souls three was like password system. If you want to play with a friend, which is most of the time like what you want to do here, or someone that you met online, whatever Discord and the Sunbros Reddit doesn't matter. Um. You just set your own password. You can play with them no matter what. It literally doesn't matter what your level is. And they've taken that system and they put it into Elden Ring. There's a lot of systems that they've learned what they should run with and then put it into Elden Ring. But this type of concept of should we just let people do this without penalty? They say yes more than ever in the past for Elden Ring. Like So going back to... They have the password system. But going back to Ashes of War... That was the um, imbue, I think, system from previous games where it was just like, oh, you have. Well, I mean, it was with imbuing. That was specifically for like the item damage type and scaling. But you were very much locked into that for like you've put all of this investment of a certain type of resource into this weapon. It's now like a plus 10 fire weapon. It is Mm -hmm. a bitch and a half to get that to something else at that point because you don't have to like essentially delete your progress on that and then reinvest to put it to be like, Oh, it's now plus 10 of lightning. Exactly. Um, you could, you could, you could switch it, but it would start off at the baseline again. Yeah. Like you were, you're very lightning much plus five becomes fire plus zero. Right? Yeah. Um, and in this one, it's all just hot swap. The easiest way to think about it. I think the, the ashes of war is like every weapon that is ashes of war capable just has like a gem slot. That you just put mm-hmm. the ash in. Essentially, you can take it out by switching it out for anything else. I don't see the. I haven't seen the option to just straight up restore it to the original, like default. But you can replace it with like anything else. Yeah. Um, also of note, you can duplicate ashes of war. Yeah. So by default, you're not going to have multiple. You're not going to have like thirteen poison ones. You get one poison one, and then mm-hmm. if you want you can use a special item to make another one for for whatever reason if you want to have two weapons with the exact same thing yeah because you're for some reason running two weapons i'm yeah. somebody who's very much like i have a left hand and a right hand and that's it um because every time you carry something it goes towards your equip load and i'm not trying to fat roll anywhere <laughs> right yeah and that's that's another place they've made a lot of optimizations it's back to basically like so dark souls 1 had um, basically this system. If you're below this percentage of your maximum encumbrance, you roll fast. This percentage, you roll medium. Higher, you roll. Uh, you fat roll or heavy roll. And even higher than that, you can't roll at all and you walk very slowly and you're going to die if you get hit by anything. Um, Dark Souls 2, I think, had a variable uh, roll rate. So it was actually not easily pick out you couldn't pick out like okay this is a light roll and a medium roll and a heavy roll it was a range 
the number of frames you got. It was related to adaptability and like ah. your, your equipment load. Um, I, I wasn't a huge fan of it. I'm not going to defend that part. Uh, Dark Souls 3 was kind of back to the first, if I remember correctly, and they carried forward with that in Elden Ring. Just really straight, simple. Um, you know, you're 69.99% encumbrance or less, medium roll. Which is really fast. Uh, fast stamina regeneration. Uh, also like Dark Souls 3. Basically, like, these are casual... They're more casual quality of life things that let the game be difficult in other ways, if that makes any sense. Oh, it, you're not fighting your stamina bar. Yeah, it, it sucks to have... Like, if you go back and play Dark Souls 1, as I've said, love it, great game, one of the best games probably ever made for, like, setting the groundwork for everything else to where we are now. Mm-hmm. It's it's weighty as fuck. It's so fucking clunky. If you do an action, you have, like, three actions you can do tops, and you need to take a short rest. It is <laughs> bullshit. Um, and it's very punishing, and that's one of the reasons it has such a legacy behind it is yeah. that difficulty because of that and a myriad of other things. Yeah. But like, especially with Dark Souls 3 and then Sekiro that didn't even have fucking stamina, like, there's like, hey, do you want to just play the game? Yeah. And it, it feels good. Like, I still have stamina as a resource, so I can't infinitely spam stuff. But I've never really felt like I needed to invest in it so I could theoretically do something. I feel like from the get-go, they're enabling you to go and do whatever your RPG experience is going to be. Another quality. You mentioned stamina. Real quick. Yeah, yeah. So you've done a couple of comparisons going back through like all of the Dark Souls on several points as like uh, things that they've improved on for Elden Ring. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you would say you feel like still could be improved or you feel like they went in a bad direction with? Or would you say that everything has been net upgrade for you? Hmm. That one's interesting. Uh, That one's a little tough. A lot of, I think because it has so much choice, it's hard to pick out one thing. Um, uh, We already mentioned it, but like the catacombs, um, those are the closest the game comes to copy paste. A lot of them are basically very, very similar. I don't want to say palette swaps. They're not that. They change the order of rooms. They change the enemies you encounter, whatever. But they feel very similar. Um, that's a space that's very clearly like, hey, make all of this first. And if we have time, come back and make some of this content more unique. Um, and the uniqueness went to other spaces. That's, I mean, just like game design. It makes sense. It's a pragmatic decision. But are those areas engaging? Could I remember the difference between we're never you know, going to share a story about two. a catacomb no. or our experiences in a catacomb. Yeah. Uh, a couple of unique ones like have unique encounters or some unique enemies and like we co-opt one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that that's a place, you know, where the, the open world gotcha kind of like grasps its claws in and it's like, you're not going to create 200 distinct hand tailored open areas are you like areas are you dungeons no no you're not zelda didn't so yeah i don't hold it against them but yeah again i want to point out for anybody who's listening is like that kind of sounds they are entirely optional entirely optional um 
because like for where they don't put the attention to detail in that so there's like a big area up near the center of the map i think you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. for a boss you recently fought that we talked about sure but that area is pretty big and you're like wow this is a big area and because of the verticality we now have access to, it's a huge area. Yeah. And you're like, okay, yeah. I've definitely explored all this area. And then, like with many parts of the map, you're like, oh, what's under here? And then you find an entirely new area. Not like, yeah. oh, this connects to like an item over here. It's, mm-hmm. hey, here's a new fucking biome underground. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah. And that happens way too frequently, in my opinion, for me to be like, how big is this game? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think that's fair. Not in a bad way. Like I love it, but it's how many times were you playing where you're like and they and this too? Yeah, no, that's it's very much is a in this two type of game. It's a game that benefited from them not talking too much about it before it was uh ready to ship. Um Yeah. Then it's not it's not bug free. I do want to mention the one thing. I'm gonna go back, I'm gonna rabbit trail all the way back. Okay. Stamina, quality of life. If you're out of combat, nothing that you do takes stamina. Full stop. Sprinting on the horse doesn't take stamina. Dashing on the horse. doesn't. Well, that's the only thing that takes stamina while you're on the horse anyways. Dashing doesn't take stamina. Running doesn't take stamina. Attacking doesn't take stamina. None of it matters until an enemy attacks you. Now it matters. And if that's so far beyond what they've been doing in like Dark Souls 1 right it's like dark souls one was just like how do we like insert the screws into your body and just extract (laughs) i want to say like extract enjoyment but like we're going to make the experience difficult so that you feel like you've overcome all of these things to get there like they don't care about the stamina bar anymore doing death runs in dark souls one of like i'm just going to sprint past these enemies i know roughly when i'm going to be attacked so i'm going to try and save enough stamina to dodge roll through walk Mm -hmm. a little bit regain some stamina start running again i've done this math in my head multiple times Mm -hmm. whereas if i want to go from point a to point b i run there or hop on the horse and i don't feel restricted in any way stamina is a combat resource in elden ring like it could impact your build maybe you choose to put it's attached to equipment load now which is kind of a big deal makes the stat more valuable but Mm -hmm. like if you're a caster I mean, that doesn't impact your out-of-combat running from one location to another. So, maybe you care about it less. Um, yeah, I haven't put any points in um, for build 2, which has been like more faith-casty. No points in it. So, you're like basically wearing cloth to some degree, I assume, if you're still medium rolling. I usually have a little bit of like... Token I, headpiece. Head, head to, to waist is usually like faith drip. Where it's just shitty claw things that like help with that as much as possible. Uh-huh. And then my legs, you're like, and we're going to war. Because uh-huh. that's where I have <laughs> the extra equip load space to put in for a stronger defense. That's um, fair. Before the weight goes too crazy. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, lightning round some of the other improvements. Um, stealth system. They've played around with it in previous games uh i but it was... forgot about it this time around but it is it is strong yeah to sneak up and like backstab an enemy for like a free kill and then do it to another enemy because they weren't paying attention like uh-huh. i've chain backstabbed several enemies and it's pretty nice 
um there's there's spells that actually like assist it too um i know that there's an item that like assists it and there's i just today i cleared a cave like uh encounter um or actually didn't beat the boss i got to the boss and i was like this is no and (laughs) then i i I took my death and i left um coming back to it later uh but there's a section where it's explicitly just like if you do not stealth this you will die because the enemies are numerous and they will kill you um and they can actually implement that this would have been miserable in any other souls game Sekiro had stealth it would have worked there to some degree but it's even better here um and I don't hate them for having that segment in the game because the stealth is so reliable and good. And you can dash in stealth. You can run quickly. Yeah, you can kind of like shimmy your body. <laughs> Scurry. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's definitely useful. Also, going back to jumping, it's so strong. Um, mm-hmm. Because with yeah. jumping, besides like, you know, basic traversal of getting to a spot higher up, you can do jump attacks which hunting attacks from previous games right essentially yeah um but like it it hits their poise harder which is just fun for like fucking out somebody with a shield or if somebody's about to do like a sweeping attack on the ground you can jump over it are you surrounded by a bunch of enemies who are rats in a cave because you fucked up you can jump over them versus Uh trying to roll and they're like hey our bodies are physically here you can't roll (laughs) so having those options just available is really huge for combat. I feel. Yeah. Like it's, that was part it's of nuts. The learning curve for me was just like, am I utilizing jumping? No, like not nearly enough. The game even tells you it's just tutorial mode. Like, Hey, jump attacks are really going to mess some guys up. And I'm like, cool. But what is jump like jumping? Like I use that to get from one rock to the other rock. It's not a combat thing. They're like, it is a combat thing. It is. <laughs> um, Again, going back to old Souls games, jumping was always like some very odd combination of B is like your backstep, or if you do it with a direction, your dodge roll, and yeah. then running, or in one of the games, I think it was running and then letting go of the run button, or mm-hmm. some. It was always something very convoluted to where so, if they like were hiding items to via platforming, it felt very risky to try and do and they're tiny little spaces it was yeah. the most minuscule of jumps dark and now souls it's one, just, you jump a place dark souls one was literally the same button you would hold it dash and then tap the button quickly to jump you know when you're holding a button then you press it again release and tap and that was your jump uh and then dark souls so 3 had the massive quality of life improvement maybe it was two where you uh, uh left thumbstick button would jump if you were running again little tiny spaces yeah but again that still sucks in comparison to pressing a (laughs) yeah yeah nintendo's over here like yeah we figured that shit out years ago (laughs) (laughs) right this is revolutionary for us let us have this um but that's good here's the thing like the fromsoft games all these dark souls that we're talking about like oh it sucked back in the day when x y and z we still love these games even for their mechanical challenges because of how it was designed, how it plays. So the fact that they're taking something that we've loved so much and just improving upon it, in my opinion, in every fucking way is Mm -hmm. huge. Yeah. 
So I think it's like a big win for me. And also yeah. like I don't know how far we're going on time, but like if this doesn't get game of the year, I'm gonna stab somebody. <laughs> like in Elden Ring, I hope. You know, like PvP. Mm. Yeah. Somebody put a meme on Instagram <laughs> that I saw of like uh now that the children are done playing Elden Ring, uh Kirby comes out in uh like two weeks for like the real men. And yeah. I understood that it was a joke. Right. But it also bothered me a little bit <laughs> because it's like we don't joke about these things. Yeah. Um, oh, also, I know. Yes, I go ahead. We we have to talk about spirit summons a little bit. Sure. So for anybody who doesn't know, spirit summons are a thing they added in this game, where you can essentially use a spirit calling bell, and if you've got like an ash from typically these dungeons or catacombs we've talked about, you can summon in enemies or npcs uh to fight alongside you and you have ways to upgrade them but they're typically enemies that you have encountered before mm-hmm. i yeah, think it's pretty they sorry. are strong they usually <laughs> Anytime you pause i'm like all right i will jump in <laughs> sorry um but like they're meant for if you come up to an encampment where there's like 20 enemies scattered about yeah. you can then summon them or if you're doing like a boss fight you can summon them in to help out mm-hmm the game's pretty explicit about it. There's like, here's more enemies than you should fight at once, and they're all going to come at you. Do you want to use the thing that's going to give you a fighting chance here? And you're like, eh, I don't really know if I need it. And then you die, and you're like, <laughs> No, okay, summoning for cowards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're also, they also function as the NPC summon in replacement. There's very few NPCs that you can summon into boss fights. Um, I've personally seen maybe two or three, and... If you count the open world bosses, which is kind of like cheating, um, <laughs> there's a ridiculous number of bosses yeah. in this game. I um, mean, do you find yourself like using them a lot? Oh, yeah. Pretty much any time I see that little icon come up, yeah. I'm pulling them into the fight. Um, because why wouldn't I? They're ridiculously useful and they only cost, you know, some resources. So uh, renewable, <laughs> hopefully, you know. Yeah. Um, they're really good. They're a good change of pace. It helps you get more of an attachment. And if I could have had Black Iron Tarkus from Dark Souls 1 as a phantom, yes, I would have used them in every fought boss fight. Uh, so if you're the type of person that that makes any sense to, then you'll probably also enjoy phantoms, um, particularly like Dave mentioned, the ability to upgrade them. So you can... We, we had an episode on the Convergence mod for Dark Souls 3. <laughs> This is a callback, yeah. but um, I talked about how I had my Pokemon build, which was literally like me casting heal and like rejuvenating my summons to keep them alive in the fight where I was just like, get them Pikachu. And that was the fight like my like versus the boss. Um, this is that exactly. Actually, it is the summoner or druid archetype essentially from uh, convergence mod but uh, just made a gameplay mechanic for everybody yeah and it's really fucking fun to find something where you're like oh that enemy seems kind of annoying to fight and uh, then you're like but what if I made them fight other people and uh, then you try and experiment with different things like pretty early on they give you wolves so you have three wolves and they very much run at people and for some like smaller bosses they can kind of just like keep the pressure on well, yeah. it gives you freedom to also get in some hits or step back, take a sippy sip or something. And people will use that for a while. And it's fine. 
but then you'll find something else you're like oh this is actually really cool mm-hmm. so like i did wolves and then i did something else that had more of like a ranged option and then i found right. something else is even better and i was like we're never switching from this and to be fair yeah. i've never switched from that but yeah. there are like a lot of cool ones that you can play around with yeah there's a ton there's like 20 or something like in total i I keep finding them and i a lot of them i'm not using at this point because i've also found a pretty viable option but like um a really cool mechanic uh i'm massively in favor of it instead of like the one-off npcs you could pull in yeah also i i think it's safe for me to say if i did not have these summons as an option i don't know how i would have done certain bosses they're they're definitely balanced um, this is my hot take. They're balanced around you bringing your favorite summon in because some of them would not be viable. Yeah. If like, you have like the full attention of the boss and they're like, I'm going to hit you 18, 20 times, however much you feel like, <laughs> and you have like no buffer, it's it's rough. It's nice to have like a here, take this sacrifice or just look yeah. at them briefly. Specifically, like. So in Dark Souls 1, a comparison, touchstone in the series, Ornstein and Smo is considered the wall of yeah. Dark Souls 1. Like, welcome to Anna Orlando. You're not going to have a great time. Um, because you're fighting, like, two bosses at the same time. And there's a mechanic in there, and it exists in Elden Ring to a certain extent, too, where, like, it has anti... <laughs> Well, sure, I'll just say it. it's anti-gangbang AI, essentially. They will not just all attack you at the same time as rapidly as possible because it would suck to play against. Um, but if you're up against a bunch of combatants, like, it doesn't matter that that's in place. Like, you'll still get hit a ton, and it'll feel unfair. Um, and there's boss fights in this game where it's just straight up not two people you're fighting at one time where maybe you could do it, it's or it is two people but they attack rapidly it's like three people or something like that and it's clearly intended that even if you're going through with that solo mentality i'm going to beat all the bosses myself you're going to bring summons yeah and it's it's possible to do without i'm sure um but so i think for anybody who's curious about elden ring as like an entry point um I don't get, I don't, I'm not a gatekeeper, right? I think literally, however you get from point A to point B, that's your own business. If you succeed, I am happy for you. I have done such a variety of things in my attempts. I've brute forced it. I've tried poisoning things to death while running away. Um, That's a classic. I've tried just like delegating for like other people to do that shit. Um, Cheese, like you name it. Like I've, Mm -hmm. I've tried it as a viable thing and I think it is viable. So yeah. however you want to get there, by all means, do it. I just personally yeah. really enjoy using the summons. I would say challenge runs for subsequent playthroughs. The game is... I, we've actually even said this line, I think, about previous Dark Souls games. Like, It is going to try to be unfair to you. You should try to be unfair to it. Yeah. And that's the way I've played it. Now, any game... I think it started with Dark Souls 3 allows you to pull in two co-op player characters. I'm not going to hold it against you. I've done the same thing for some bosses. Um, It's not going to be as difficult 
if all you have to do is dodge attacks as the <laughs> other two players unload insane amounts of damage onto the boss. Um, but, uh, you know, it's perfectly fine. You know, play it that way. However you want, really. Um, but if you are struggling against the boss, take a break, explore somewhere else. Yeah. Because um, I didn't do it, and I should have. <laughs> For a... In general, like they provide you tools to like make your character better, or sometimes give you a straight up item. It's like, hey, this will fuck the boss. This will fuck yeah. them over pretty mm-hmm. bad. But you have to explore to find it, mm-hmm. and that's again an option if you feel gated. Um, you can keep throwing your head against the wall. You can come back after you've leveled. You can find a different gear, maybe yeah, uh, a build, build or playstyle that suits you better. Do whatever you gotta do. Um, but like the game is just <sighs> to suck its dick briefly. I love it. <laughs> like you, <laughs> like you haven't been, <laughs> Dave. You haven't come up for air in the last hour and eight minutes. Do I have get this week? Put in a gulp sound effect here. Um, yeah, it's it is so beautiful as far as design. It's the same gameplay style that I've really loved, but like mm-hmm. they've just improved upon it. I'm still exploring and finding new things, which is another big win for me. And it's just, it's all of the things I love turned up to 11. And if they make DLC for this or do another game in a couple of years, (laughs) please. Like, I love the direction it's going. I think this is such a huge win for FromSoft. Not like they've had like, that one was kind of a shitter. I feel like Mm -hmm. they've continually added and played around with things and, They've combined a lot of good ideas in this, and I thank you for not saying except Dark Souls too. I know it was like it was right there. Dude, it, <laughs> it laid some groundwork. They tried it some did. stuff. It absolutely did. It's the first game with power dancing, which this one also has. I haven't used it, but same. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. No, I mean, no gripes here. No, uh, it, it has bugs. You know, depending on your graphics card, whatever. Make sure your system could run it. Um, but. I mean, nothing more than I would expect. It had a major patch, fixed a bunch of things. They're doing balancing right now um, or recently. So I have high hopes for it. It's one of the few recent highly anticipated games that has more than delivered. So also, there's still an active community. I mean, not still, but like. Yeah, I was like, I hope so. <laughs> for anybody who's not aware of FromSoft games, there's an ability for players to leave messages based off of yeah. like certain built-in to the game keywords. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's memes. Sometimes the community will try and fuck you over to have you jump off a cliff. Sometimes they'll Most call the things a dog when it's not a dog. Mm-hmm. Um, but also a lot of times like I've found cool things because I'm like reading player messages as well. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Playing online. Very very encouraged obviously it's a gimme gimme if you're on pc but if you're playing this game on like playstation or xbox yeah it's on both Mm -hmm. um i would definitely recommend having the online service unless you co-op you're not going to get invaded by players which was an interesting decision there's so many mechanics and things that we could have talked about or differences it's pretty much impossible It's, it's a lot um if we're still technically in rapid fire recap, I know we're a little over time, but who cares? It's 
This is, you know, the Elden Ring. I didn't even want to play Smash this week. It's cool. cool. (laughs) Well, that's good because I don't have it set up yet. (laughs) I mean, I I have to get the projector. This is now just like the saddest end of the episode for me. I know. Oh, no. It's unfortunate. You can help me with an Elden Ring's boss instead. But um, I would say build diversity. It's it's not been as good since like Dark Souls 2. Um, Faith builds. This is actually kind of esoteric, I realized, to end the episode on. But like... There's so much in build diversity in this game. I found like a weapon that's strength and intelligence, which to my knowledge is like not a thing that has ever been a thing and like uh, build in the, the, the series. I'm sure something exists, but like I couldn't think of it. Um, it's like casting the scales off strength, dexterity and it. That's a little more common. You know, dexterity and strength, value builds. It's all here. Like you could put points anywhere and be like huh it's weird how this weapon fits exactly this weird mosaic of like rainbow colored nonsense that is my character sheet um but uh that's amazing and it feels like a lot of it could work in a pretty hilarious way yeah i swear to god certain things are just there for memes um Mm -hmm. and for some reason if you feel like you invested poorly and you're like this fucking sucks don't roll a new character uh, there are ways to just redo, reallocate all your points yeah. at that point in the game. Thank um, you, Dark Souls 2. Sure right? <laughs> They've always had something like this where like, you have an option to kind of like respect, um, but this is definitely the easiest one to oh, yeah. where you just need a resource, and there is a place to farm it if you look it up. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, try out what's fun for you, what works for you, or just like watch a YouTube video like, that looks fucking silly. I want to learn how to do that. Yeah, it's very much a like I I have uh, no judgment. I've like respect my character uh, once already. And I was very much I looked over the tools and I was like, what are the which of these tools do I want to use? What spells do I want? What weapons do I want? Like, mm-hmm. I should probably keep some points in health, right? Like um, and then allocated to fit all of that. And then I was like, nice. And the resource to continue respecting is pretty common even if i didn't know you could farm it but even if you get to the point where you can farm it before you get to that point um very forgiving on the build you're not gonna build yourself into a corner where you can't beat bosses true but yeah the game is solid and fun if you've had an interest in checking it out i do recommend checking it out um or if you're still on the fence there's plenty of content you can watch on it, whether that be game trailers, reviews, other things, listening to this podcast yet again, or DMing me directly, and I will do the the verbal equivalent of sucking its dick. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's really good, and I would love for more people to have the same type of fun that I've been having with this game. Yeah. Um, which is why we're going to have another episode on this, because yeah. there's Part so the much series. stuff that we could not fit into it and we want to just go spoiler heavy and just talk about all like the cool hype moments we encountered with certain bosses, certain NPC quest lines, cool fucking items we found and other things. Yeah. Should so get time. ready for that manic panic of an episode. <laughs> and thank you guys for uh, sticking around for our, our off week. I was in the process of moving and it would have been a pain, um, but uh, appreciate you all. Hopefully, uh, you're also having fun 
playing whatever you're playing. If it's Elden Ring, then awesome. If not, then I hope it's still still good. Hope you're all keeping safe. <laughs> Dave's just like, no, it's, it's if not it's not good. Elden Ring, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, everybody's keeping safe and um, continues to do so. Do you guys have any feedback for Elden Ring related episodes? As this is an Elden Ring podcast now. You can send in those ideas to soapstonepodcast at gmail.com. Just prefix those Elden Ring. Um, or you could discuss Elden Ring on Facebook. No spoilers, please. At facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast. I almost said Elden Ring. It almost <laughs> definitely exists, Let's but it's change not our the thing. URL. <laughs> yeah. Nobody has that one. Um, facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast. And as always, we'll see you in the next one. Have a good night, Tarnished. Tarnished.